Improv Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Bronny. Hello there. Welcome. Good to have you. Thanks for being here, listening to the podcast where I interview an improviser or someone improv adjacent about improvisation, a little niche area of it that they are passionate about. Today, I'm speaking with Laura Buskis. Laura is the assistant AD at the Improv Conspiracy. She's the theatre operations manager at the Improv Conspiracy. She's a comedian, an improviser, a writer, and just a gosh darn good person. Uh, Did you notice that I was uh, supposed to release an episode about two weeks ago uh, based on the frequency of releases prior to that date? You may have been expecting one, and I didn't deliver. My bad. I apologize. On one hand, I'm like, I hope you didn't notice. On the other hand, I'm offended if you didn't notice. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. I'll try to be better. Look, it's December. I can't even guarantee there'll be one in two weeks because life, you know, it's December. And don't hold me to it, but I'll try. I do have some episodes in the pipeline Let's see if I get to editing them. We are getting back to classes at the Improv Conspiracy, so my admin levels are ramping up because I am scheduling those classes. And what a little puzzle that is every term. What a little puzzle. Anywho, that's not your problem. Your problem is, what's this episode about? Good question. This episode is react before respond. And Laura is here to talk to you about that. So please... Get your ears ready for a little bit of Laura Buskis. So something that I talk to my students a lot, um, especially level one students, is uh, this concept of reaction versus response or reaction before response within a scene. I feel like that in itself like has its own is its own yes and um, or its own version of that because you are kind of taking stock of the reality of something that's just happened and then adding something yourself. And I think like I probably just want to say like I am not someone who believes that like there is only one way to do improv or there's, you know, only one uh, kind of like major guiding tenet of improv. But what I do believe is that when a scene is and when it's easy we can kind of forget everything we've learned we can kind of just be swept up in the flow of it but that said when it gets hard uh we kind of want to reflect back on tools and skills that we've learned and and try to use you know these these tools within the scene to to make it easy for us so in the terms of reaction and response sort of my main beliefs on that is that having a reaction to something like having an emotional reaction to something helps give you a character you know it it, at its most basic form you by you having a reaction to something that happened in the scene you buy yourself some time you know someone comes out to a scene and says like hey that's my ball you're holding by you having some kind of emotional reaction to that if you're not sure what to say it gives you a moment to figure out what you how you are going to respond to that and at its best it, it actually helps to drive your character because by you emotionally reacting to that line or, or that action, you are telling yourself how your character feels about it and how we feel is a huge part of our own point of view. 
and our own beliefs. When I'm teaching, and I often teach level ones, when they are really struggling within improv, I kind of get them to reflect back on to like, well, how does it make you feel? Like when that person says or does that thing, first just take stock of how you feel about it, react to it, and, and then let that drive your response. Don't try to think about, oh, I just have to respond. I just have to say something right now. You can just kind of let it wash over you and uh, really take notice of how it makes you feel and try to be honest about it as well rather than just, you know, making up a, an emotion. Right at the top, you made me think of the phrase, let it land. You don't need to rush to respond, basically, with text. You can let the the feeling of it rush over you. And I was told by uh, Mario, actually, long ago, when he was our coach, you and I, actually, he was our coach, and I felt like I was just doing some real trash. <laughs> and I remember we were out for dinner with another friend, and I was... Uh, our friend was at the bar getting drinks and so I took the chance to just say to Mario, hey, I feel like I'm trash right now. And he reminded me at that time the power of giving weight to your scene partner's words. Yeah. Because he was complimenting me saying that I was good at that. But it really reminded me that before you speak, you have this chance to give the words power with that reaction. Absolutely, yeah. I think like I often say to people like call it out when you are in a scene and they've said something that is really interesting to you. And I think like the term call it out, like has a bit of a negative connotation to it of like, you're calling someone out for doing a bad thing. But what I really mean by that is like, make it important. They've said something that's interesting, really like make sure that we get to play with that. Like, do you, don't you want to have the opportunity to play with that thing? And I think it can be true about anything, like anything that your scene partner says is important because that can be the driving factor for, you know, like if you keep going off with the last thing, then that's going to take you through to the end of the scene. Mm. But, uh, yeah, if you make what your scene partner says important to you and important to the two of you, mm -hmm. then you, you can essentially never go wrong because at its most basic form, it's going to be, you know, relatable. But at its most, like, exciting form, it's something really inane that is exciting for two people so you know like someone saying like oh the the pillow like the pillows are a little bit messed around we could ignore that like it feels like a really inane statement but to make what that person said important then that's a really fun thing to play with because it's something that you probably wouldn't really talk about much i always say this to my to whoever whoever i'm teaching like i'm in the business of making improv as easy as possible for myself yeah I don't want to breathe like it's not it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination but I know that improv is at its easiest when I do make every single line of dialogue matter. Yes. Because it's like if I can blow one line of dialogue into 3 minutes then sweet and if it is just like hey that's my ball like you said and I'm I I am keen to just be like all right this is your ball let's do this for 3 minutes. Yeah. Because it's all we have and if we don't do this for three minutes, we have to think of something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I don't want to think about something else. No. Especially because like, you know, I do a lot of long shows and I'm like, yep. if I got 60 minutes to fill, 
then <laughs> I better get three out of ball. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's just not possible without a reaction because yeah, you'll just blow past it and you'll just be spitballing dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. And I think the th problem is like, we think that we're listening, but sometimes we're just hearing words and we're just like searching instead of listening. Yeah, absolutely. And the reaction gives you a chance to listen. Even if you don't know how to re react, you can just choose. You can just be like, whatever they say, I'm going to get mad <laughs> or yeah, whatever yeah. they say, I'm, I'm going to love them for it. Just, you can make that choice off stage if you like, especially yeah. on those days where you're like, oh, I'm not feeling it tonight. The best yeah. thing to do for me is like, I'm just going to love the first thing my scene partner says, Hey, yeah. that's my ball. Oh my God. I love you. That's so good. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have this ball. <laughs> this to is, you. Oh, this is your ball. No wonder I love it yeah. so damn much. It's such a good ball. <laughs> I've been sleeping with it for weeks. I didn't know why I wanted it so bad. Um, mm. And like, yeah, so even just that moment before you speak of just like, oh, gives you a chance to like, you're actually then listening to the words and deciding how you feel about something or letting that, that land is what listening is to me, I think, because I think just hearing words is not listening. No, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like if there's like if there's anything that I would say is probably the most important thing of improv is that, you know, you are just listening and just focusing on that other person is gonna really help you within a scene. There's something about uh I think it's like a, a bit of like a psychological tenet of um thoughts create, feelings create actions and vice versa or and I, I sometimes feel like maybe they're not, it doesn't always go in that direction, but they're always very strongly linked. You know, our, our thoughts about a particular situation affect our feelings about that, which is always true for me because I lie awake at night hurting my own feelings. Um, <laughs> just, just thoughts of like, oh, why did, like, I said this thing and like, that was really stupid and that makes me feel really shit. And then our feelings create our actions. If we're, you know, feeling pretty shitty about a particular situation, then we're probably not going to show up in a way that is positive. Like we're probably going to be like withdrawn and probably, um, you know, acting sort of in a negative way. And I think that that relates to improv because when we have that sort of like emotional reaction, it, it also drives our actions throughout the rest of the scene and our thoughts about our character and, when you were talking about make it important and then you said like everything is important, I really like that too because I think this speaks to another improviser's disease and that is, again, it's just the searching, the inner critic that's like trying to trying to critique the work before the work's completed and it's like, oh, that's not interesting or that's not important, the, the ball's not important, the pillow being moved is not important because our like real-world gauge of what's important way too fucking severe for an improv scene like yeah especially especially in 2020 baby uh did something what, happen this year <laughs> like what's I've important yeah so like mm. people i feel like the brain your brain sometimes is waiting for like the affair or yeah the firing from the job or the my brother's dead <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, no. <laughs> Those things would be important. Yeah. But yeah, in improv, it's like no, you treat you treat the pillow being moved like it's an affair because that's how you have a scene where the argument is trivial and the audience enjoys an argument that is about a nonsense thing. We don't want to watch an argument 
about an affair. That's too real. Yeah, but we, absolutely. But we will watch an affair like argument about a pillow being moved. Yeah, yeah. It's that's like I feel like it's too pronged in that way of making something really important. Is like you make it easy for yourself because it starts to flow as soon as something's important and you have that emotional reaction to it. Then you, it's there's going to be some kind of you know, you're just going to be almost guided through. Mm-hmm. But there's also that other side of like it's just funny. Like how fun is it to play, yeah, being really angry about a pillow being moved. It's very freeing as well because I think because you don't have the chance to think about it, you're just sort of going along with it when you start to sort of hone in on those emotions and just let it take you. You don't, you never have to sit back and go like, okay, what's my next move? Okay, I'm happy. What does a happy person say? You never have to think about that. You can kind of, it just happens. Now for a practical nugget. In improv, you should always care, but also at the same time not give a shit. It's really important that when you're in a scene, always care about everything, care about the scene partner, care about yourself, just absolutely care. But also just know that none of it matters um, and you'll never do the scene again. So try to distance yourself from it personally and um, try not to put too much stake into every scene you do because whether or not you did a good scene does not determine how good you are as an improviser and as a person. Okay, our suggestion is um, TB. 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 Tuberculosis. TB. 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 Well, it's big. I'll give you that. I uh, bought the biggest one I could uh, find in the store. <sighs> the biggest one you could find. Yeah. It's big. I don't know. I don't know what the quality is like. I didn't really look at the specs of each, but I just went for the largest. Doesn't matter about the specs. That's that's what I thought. Yeah. As long as it's big. Yeah. We're going to get the entertainment that we desire. That's it. I mean, it covers half the door, but um. Ooh. It's probably the, I mean, I think it's the biggest thing in our apartment. (laughs) You reckon it's bigger than the fridge? Uh, Oh, I don't know. I guess if you lay them both, if you, if you pulled them apart and laid them both flat. Oh, like if you could. Because, you know, it's hard. I'm, I'm having trouble, um, sort of deconstructing the fridge shape to, to know. So I. I'm only assuming when I say yes, but I can't say that definitively. I, sorry, I can't be. Okay, what about the bed? Bigger oh, than the a, bed? Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's a. That's a square. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bigger than that. Oh, all right. Okay. But now that I say that, that seems crazy. That oh. I thought the fridge was bigger because the fridge isn't bigger than the bed. But what if you took it apart? Yeah. Okay. Again. If you take it apart, you know, if you, once you get all the screws. Yeah. And then the small compartments. And you flatten all the metal. Yeah, it's just like, you know, if you take a human's blood vessels and all their in- internals, they, you take them all out, you, they could go around the world two times. Uh, yeah. And they'd, they'd be dead, though. Yeah, but, would, but then it's bigger than the fridge. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Which is bigger than the TV. 
Yeah, okay. No, it's just you made me think of the fragility of life for a second. I mean, for, in one instance, Mary, we were talking about pulling a fridge apart and then you just made me think about my whole in, innards being stretched out on the world and suddenly suddenly I had to think about Doug, think, oh, think about mortality. You I, upset I, me. Doug, I, oh, sorry, Doug, I didn't mean to upset you. I didn't think that I wasn't, I didn't mean your blood vessels. No, I, I know you didn't mean my, my blood vessels, but you know the history of my family, you know. Yeah, you all have blood vessels. Yeah. Yeah, we've all got blood, yeah. But it's more than that, you know that. I'm sorry, Doug. I know that you did have a relative who had their blood vessels pulled out and stretched around the world. <laughs> well, now I feel like you're making light of it. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, oh, I don't know how to deal with it. You know, this is a lot of trauma for, for you to go through. And, and he barely, and he barely got to the end of his, his block before he passed away trying to do it, trying to do it himself. Look, it's, I've got to say it's, it was a risky move on his behalf well, to try to remove his own blood vessels. But it's, I, come, it's because I come from a long line of people who don't believe what they hear and they, we, we, we got to try stuff. It's a long line of people who have gotten into all sorts of trouble and I'm just waiting for the time where I hear the, the, the fatal thing that I don't believe. Like the TV is bigger than the fridge. Well, see, that's why that's why I was I was tentative, but I was pretty confident that I can pull the fridge apart if I have to, and flatten it, and it won't be a danger to my health. Doug, you're not going to die from pulling the fridge apart. That's I I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm not scared of that. I'm just I'm just wary of any hypothetical because I've got to explore hypotheticals. You know what? That's what I love about you, Doug. Yeah, well, don't love me too hard, Mary, because there's a bloody, I'm a, I'm a ticking time bomb. Believe it, Doug. Believe what you hear when I say that I love you. Please don't pull me apart and try to see if there's something in me that doesn't. I got to test it. I got to no. test. I got to test your love for me. Put down that knife. I'm just going to the fridge with it. <laughs> um, you're going to the fridge with the knife? What are you going to take out of the fridge and use the knife for? I was going to cut the door off. <laughs> with a butter knife? Oh, uh, that's, all, that's all I got. I, I put all the sharp knives in the on in the um in the neighbor's uh, hard rubbish because <laughs> I didn't want because. Because I saw on TV there was an ad for our knife set, our exact knife knife set, and it's they called them Forever Sharps, and I was like, well, I just felt my body going, oh, we'll see about that, and as soon as I had that, we'll see about that feeling, I knew I had to throw them out. Doug, you can't just throw knives outside. You don't know who's out there. There might be a serial murderer who is just. He just doesn't have a knife. Oh, worst case scenario, a bunch of kids grab him and... Worst case scenario. That is a very bad case. Yeah, well, it's better than better than me. It's better an accident happen on the street than something purposeful happen in the house. That's... That's actually a beautiful philosophy. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. No worries. I'll speak to you soon. There you have my friends, Laura Buskis. React before you respond and forever be treated to easier improv. Nice. As I mentioned at the top of the show, if you're in Melbourne, if you're a member of our community already, we have classes coming back. If you're not yet aware, please jump on the Improv Conspiracy website, improvconspiracy.com. Besides that, look, I may have an episode again before Christmas. If I don't, have a great little holiday time. And I will speak to you before too long. Thank you, my friends. Look after yourselves and Jerry Springer. Thanks for listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to take a moment to rate and review us on your preferred service. Five stars, please. We've got heaps of original sketch comedy on our YouTube page. Subscribe at youtube.com slash improv conspiracy. 